With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. What's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet and it is about, and it's been a very long time since I've said this. I am your host today, the king of kayfabe, the modern day Maharaja and the man of 1004 seconds, David Hockney. And on... <laughs> <laughs> that is not what the nickname was. Uh, well there was a typo in Sarah's name, so I, uh, I just rectified you it just for just briefed yourself up. <laughs> uh, and today we're discussing uh, one of the marquee staples of WWE history We're going to be talking about the history of the King of the Ring tournament uh, But before we get into that, just a little bit of housekeeping uh, Make sure you're subscribed to our show on iTunes, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites And make sure you're following us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram At Suplex Retweet And don't forget to check out our brand spanking new website And subscribe to our newsletter for every... Uh, all the details, all the information regarding shows, interviews, and other articles written by the team. So, now that that's been taken care of, let's introduce uh, our kingdom. So, that's <laughs> <Master> a stretch! <laughs> I use the term lightly. So, it's more like Disney. <laughs> uh, up first, uh, he is a man who we would argue is the king of uh, the ESSR kingdom, but has now finally found his queen. But just like Rocky Balboa, he'll always be punching. It's Stephen Wilson. Oh! Oh! Do you know what? I'll give you that one. Oh, yes. <laughs> well done. Um, for anybody who wants to know, David thinks he's the 16.73 minute man, when in terms he's just over a minute. So, that's a good day. That's his tender profile. How are you, 104? <laughs> 1004, I'm oh. sticking with it. The uncircumcised failure. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> What, uh, what conversation did I miss? <laughs> Last week's intro for him. <laughs> uh, up next, uh, he is a man who, as of the f- May 3rd, he is now the king of three rings. The engagement ring, the wedding ring, and now the suffering. It's Alan Ray Lucas! <laughs> <laughs> the suffering's going hard. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this, does she? Otherwise she would not give a flying fuck about what I said, man. The slaves had it easier than I did. <laughs> You know he's only listens to this show to hear Alan get slacked. <laughs> she doesn't even listen. It's great, I can see my lot better. Quack out the door. 
And next up, uh, we decided for this panel we needed our own macho king. Someone who has skills inside the ring and a very charismatic personality, but Cav wasn't available. So instead we've got our own savage king in Strack. What is this thing at Cav better than me? <laughs> what world? <laughs> Uh, thanks very much, David, for your, yeah, again, digging intro. <laughs> do, you know, do you know something? Every time somebody says Calf wasn't available, I message them saying, listen to this, but Calf, he's like, just get me on. <laughs> so maybe we should. Strack's on your fire. He's not he just sitting his bike and driving a bit. Next, we have a man who will probably claim he is now King Midas with the Golden Touch after winning the ESSR Championship this past weekend. But... I think he should change his name to Joe King because you've got to be joking me! It's Ross McLeod. Fucking hell, you were three for three. That was pissing. <laughs> <laughs> Play the game. Yes, I am champ eventually. Only took me about 30 sweeps to win one. Can't you run? <laughs> uh, don't. Fuck it. If I rig the sweeps, what makes you think I'd let you win about five of them? Okay, Ross. Five exactly. Five exactly. Five times! Five times like King Booker. You've been working four times. Crackers with the same, same thing. I'm on that. See a title, do I put it down for three seconds? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have a man who, not like Alfred the Great, because he never burns his baked goods, he is the man with the king sized cable package, it's Kwaku Aji. Yeah, but thank you very much for that, David. I've been excited to be on the show, so yeah, thank you very much. How uh, are you guys all doing? You ready to discuss uh, some King of the Ring? Yep. yep. <laughs> sure, why not? Alright, then uh, let's get it. Anyway. So, just to sort of start the conversation off, the. Uh, the King of the Ring tournament has been an annual staple of WWE's uh, programming f- since 1985 and has been running all the way up to 2002 as an annual event, bar 1990 and 1992. So I'm just going to start the discussion off. I'll start with you, Stephen. What was your sort of fondest memories of the King of the Ring tournament? Uh, I remember it as being uh, the, the bar, I think, for um, knowing which wrestler was going to be the next big thing in the company. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about it a wee bit later on, but the best memory I think of the King of the Ring was the Stone Cold speech, the 316. Ah, the birth of the which was 316 was amazing. <coughs> it was brilliant. But uh, it, was, you could always just, it was something you look forward to every year, kind of like Money in the Bank these days, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Ross? It was actually one of the first ever wrestling videos I owned. It was a double pack, it was Capital Carnage 98 and King of the Ring 2000. The first one I ever got was 99, King of the Ring 99. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible winner there was that, you know. I had a Shane double box set. It's absolutely smashing. It really was. <laughs> That's why, like, I generally, I've watched that 2000 King of the Ring. I didn't need to research it for this week, it's embedded in my brain. It was like, why did you pick Kurt Angle? Because I watched it 4,000 uh, times. To be fair, that, that year's tournament was stacked. Oh, exactly. That was so good. Cannon running stuff. <laughs> <laughs> got to the quarterfinal. <laughs> Maximise your minutes. No, it's David who apparently claims he does. <laughs> yeah, but, very, um, good. very good. But I, I just, I loved it. I liked the fact that, like, they didn't do it the year of edge because of the invasion angle, but you know the winner used to go into SummerSlam to get a number one contenders match. It was always like the step before the world title. It was always like a stepping stone for people. Billy Gunn unfortunately didn't get that stepping stone. You know what we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I was wondering when you'd bring up uh, Mister Ass, but uh, Alan. Yeah, kind of echoing what the guys were saying. You know, you got to see the next mid card or who's going to be the next guy. Um, and you look back, they had a really good run. Up till about the millennium from 96 right through, Austin, Triple H, Shamrock. I just forget Billy Dunn, <laughs> Angle. You know, so it was, it was really, really good. And, you know, three of them are, you know, bonafide 
our Hall of Fame or will be Hall of Fame. Well, not actually, they are actually all Hall of Fame. Billy Gunn is a Hall of Fame. <laughs> not actually, not, 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 yeah, right. not Shamrock, but yeah. But um, yeah, they're really strong and it sort of made a lot of their careers. And it was really exciting to see at that time because not only that, a lot of times you had really good matches in the build up. It was a great pay per view. And although you might have had the, you know, the, your pick one, you wanted to win, win it, but they could certainly get it up to the semis or the final. And it was sort of always a good. Good show to watch. Yeah, I think the gimmick itself, you know, that sort of was a sort of key factor, in, especially in sort of the the golden era of when the tournament was ran, because you know that was a time where usually a lot of really sort of vibrant and eccentric characters would be the ones to sort of really get over. Uh, Strat, what did you? Th- what was your impression of the whole king gimmick being a sort of cons- constant throughout WWE's character booking? Some of the guys, I mean, you've seen them when they took the King of the Ring, like when Billy Gunn won it, he put the wee crown on the lips, which was quite funny. When you seen his gear, you seen obviously Kurt come out with the, the crown and the, the things like that, and then you seen some guys, I think Booker T, honestly, that, that didn't sell. Really? I what? Like it. Really? I like it. But it was, what? Yeah, William Regal every week just going, Long live King Booker oh, for about just, five minutes straight. The worst one was Seamus with that weird <laughs> Game yeah, of Thrones crown. Yeah. What is that? I quite, I quite like the Seamus gimmick. Oh, <laughs> it was unique. So it bad. certainly was. I'm explaining later on why I liked it, but I thought it certainly wasn't the worst one. Not by a long shot. As Stephen said, Nancy, there was, the, the great thing about the tournament was you got to see people you thought were up and coming. And they, it was kind of, I think back then it was kind of Casey, go out and see what you can do to prove yourself to move up and move up. Because I think a lot of the tournament's decisions were kind of made that night. I don't think they basically had the plans out four months in advance going, you're going to beat him, you're going to have him, you're going to, and that's going to be the winner. I think the movie went, his match was really great, his last match was really great. Do you want to see the guy get in the final way? Get to him because he's been, he's been bombing it all the way through this. And you get matches put together randomly, which were brilliant. It was it 2002? RVD against Eddie Guerrero. Yep. Was a, a qualifier, and you're like, ah, why is this not in the actual tournament? But you see why RVD was in it just for Brock Lesnar to throw him a bit. <laughs> but it was a, it was a really good concept. A building your next guy. I mean, look done for Edge. Mm-hmm. Edge yeah. was hilarious. Come out with a big hockey trophy. <laughs> it was a Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's a shame he never got a crowd. I think he would have done wonders. It was like the most local. And low-key victory ever. They just yeah. won it, and then you see them backstage talking to Christian. I think the invasion kind of obviously overshadowed that. Overshadowed that, that but I think Edge is lucky that later on he became champion. Like two for five years, he sort of kind of floundered in the mid card. It, it wasn't he really a stepping stone that it should have been. You know, he did have his injuries, of course. But see, when he turned heel though in two thousand four, I think that was his sort of that was the beginning of his main pursuit. Yeah. he had multiple world title matches in that two-year time frame. Yeah, obviously, he had multiple matches, but he never won it in 2006. Mm. You know, he never filled the potential that the 2001 win should have gave him. You remember the pop that when he cashed in Money in the Bank as a result? That was... That was he cashed on Cena. On Swallow could have cashed on Cena and got a gap behind. Alright, so um, <laughs> talking about the, the tournament itself, it's, you remember, Jack, you brought up the qualifying match and stuff. Do you think having the, the tournament concept to determine... The king, rather than say just a match between two people, or say like a, a round robin format. Do you think a knockout tournament is probably the best format for it? Stephen, I'll start with you in this one. Yeah, I actually thought it was a really the concept of it was great. I mean, at times it felt quite rushed because they did a lot of tournament matches on the night, but I I, I thought it was it was really well worked because you kind of got I like I'm a good big fan of tournament wrestling. I, don't, I think they should do it a lot more often in, in WWE and. 
when you seen the kind of brackets, you were just trying to. It was great to try to get an idea of who the matches were going to be. I mean, Strack, you talked about the first round matches. I mean, in 2000, and, in 2000 when Kurt Angle won, two first round matches were Jeff Hardy, Christian, and Matt Hardy, Eddie Guerrero. You know, in the first round, you know, in a tournament that had Crash Holly and Bill Buchanan in the quarterfinals. So, <laughs> it was just the unpredictability that you've thrown down. It's just the unpredictability that you've thrown down. It was Hogan Andre, so it was the irresistible force meets the immovable object. But you got, you got some weird ones, it, it, you got some weird scenarios like when, um, when everybody's favourite in this podcast, Mabel. Yes! Uh, Gary Kelman representing. When he won it, and you got like, Undertaker was, went out early on in the tournament. That, I mean, that took me as a shot. You get Taker going out in the quarterfinals, you get Shawn Michaels going out in the quarterfinals in a draw. A tiny little bit draw. And Yokozuna goes out to Savio Vega. By count out. Who was the one at Owen Hart? Baseball slid. I think it was X-Plat well, one to three kid and actually knocked him that out was the one, That was when he won it. Was that the one at I? That's when he won it. You've seen that and then you see a story later on as X-Plat was like, I actually got knocked out. Now the very start of that, he drop kicked me that hard, he actually knocked me out. <laughs> You're like, oh well. Aye, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting you guys talk there. Um, but yeah, the, the event got turned into its own pay-per-view in 1993 and it's... Uh, well, since before then, it was untelevised, and as you mentioned before, Stephen, like the whole tournament was sort of aired on the night. It was, it was kind of done to help boost house shows mm-hmm. initially to try mm-hmm. to give a guaranteed uh, money dr- money driver, and because it was doing so well, that's why they decided to make its own pay per view. It's weird though because they never mentioned people being the king of the ring, but they just all of a sudden gave people the king gimmick. So it was like King Harley Race and the Macho King and all that. You know, when the years they won it, well, Macho, then, no, Macho King he won the honor from. Like somebody else. Yeah, it was getting was it? It was getting yeah. passed around like the twenty four seven championship almost. The Macho King gimmick. Like the, Macho, the Macho King gimmick was about two years after they won it. Jesus Christ! It's like a tournament. It's a it, it's one night. The winner is the king. Don't, you can't defend it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, having the in sort of like you said around the millennium time, the the tournament was sort of stretched over about a month long, rather than sort of say later tournaments which were mainly secluded to either just one taping. Do you think having it month long was probably the best way to do it, or do you think one night's probably best? I'm a fan of the one night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like yeah, the one night. I, I, felt, I thought it was quite rushed. I get with the whole month thing, you're getting a lot of people a chances, but for something that's impactful, King of the Ring, you want your next eight up and coming guys, or maybe four up and coming guys, and four of your top guys going in it one night, one or two. So it gives more of an impact, more of a pop fest. Um, for me, it just makes it much more exciting to watch as well. Easy to follow the story. Yep. Yeah. Modern WWE pay-per-views are usually about 10 matches each. So surely you could do... I, I like the idea of one night, that the guy has had to overcome three people to declare himself king. Don't get me wrong, you can do qualifying matches on Raw and SmackDown to narrow it down to eight. But, you know, do the four quarterfinals, do a rushed match in between to give the guys a break. Do the two semi-finals and then do two big main event matches and then you have the final. Like two world title matches? If you want that, or you know, two an Anacorrento and a US title, if you want to give the world champs a night off and make it more about the king of the ring crowd. I don't think that having it all, this week's the last 16 and then next week's the last eight and then next week's the last four and then the final will be hit. No, that's rubbish. I, I think. It, it, the drag's what you actually lose interest in it. You, you lose that. interest and you forget who's in it and then it's... Yeah. Do you, think it should, do you think it should build more to a pay-per-view rather than just say like an episode oh, of Raw? Oh, definitely. It needs to come well, it, shouldn't, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't just be a random episode of Raw or when Wade Barrett run it. It was just a random network special. Yeah. Like, built. For me, growing up, 
I've, I've, we all talk about the big four pay-per-views, the Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. <coughs> King of the Ring, go up for you, was the fifth one. Oh, and no, it I should be that. Back. Right. And it needs that, because that mid-summer bit, mm-hmm. in between Mania and SummerSlam, that's when everyone knows the WWE drops. Putting that, you know, sort of May-June time to pull, up, to pull the crowds back in, get a bit of a push, that's what WWE needs. And they should, if, they, if they do that, especially with the threat of AEW at the moment, it's going to hurt AEW, because mm. they don't have any like yet. Something as well, obviously, Alan mentioned, the, the lull after WrestleMania. You know, there's been years gone by where the likes of Extreme Rules, although it's stipulation matches, you're like, fuck, oh, it's Cena who's just won the title for The Rock, he's not losing it to Ryback, you know, it's like, it's obvious, Matt, you know, Kane's not beating Daniel Bryan after he triumphed over three members of Evolution at WrestleMania. You know, don't put the World Championship on the line the first pay-per-view after it, make it, like, like I just said, you know, have, say, the women's tag titles and the two women's uh, titles so they're represented on the pay-per-view. They've got three matches to show what they can do and then the King of the Ring tournament. And the winner gets to choose, by the way, at June's pay-per-view, I want to fight the Universal or the... And it means the June pay-per-view now means something and you're not just, oh, by the way, Extreme Rules, rematch of every match for this year. Or new challenger that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, we might pick up on that uh, like a little bit sort of towards the end, but this bit I'd like to sort of introduce as a sort of open panel discussion. So what I'd like you guys to do is, uh, before the before we came on here, you guys picked two past King of the Ring winners to talk about. So I'm just going to go around the panel and see, like, what did you think of them, how it impacted their careers, and, yeah, we'll just get your general thoughts on their tournament as a whole. So, Stephen, I'm going to start with you. Who have you got as your one of your favourite winners? See, I'm going to go a bit differently on topic on that one, because we're, we're talking at this point about actual pay-per-view winners. Yep. I'm going to go with one that actually Alan disliked, and I'm going to go Brock Lesnar. Okay. Um, I know Alan would take that one, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to hear me out in this one, Alan. Um, He's eating a can. I'm okay to stop until we... If there's anyone who showed how much this winning a King of the Ring can help progress your career, it is Brock Lesnar. Because look at what he did in that tournament. He pretty much steamroller test as Strack said earlier on. He steamrolled from Van Damme. And two months later, he was a world champion beating The Rock. Mm, yeah, that was just the midst of his mega push flight as the, you know, like the most dominant rookie year of, of all time. But did he not face Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental Championship uh, Vengeance straight after the win? Uh, <laughs> I think he, that was like a stopgap. I think he lost by lost by DQ or something. Yeah, no, he won or, or won by something. No, he lost by DQ, I think. But uh, it just showed like this was the way you could get somebody. It just showed like he was only in the company for three months, but it just showed what the impact could be of this King of the Ring, Ooh. and it just is the perfect example how the King of the Ring could probably get used nowadays to help boost a new talent. Mm-hmm. Get them to that main event level, make it feel special because if one they've went through, well, he went through. Bob and I did leave Booker T testing that VD. Well, can you, can you, sorry, you you talk about obviously he'd only been in the company three months. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens was only in the company from December to May. You know, obviously a longer time period. Did they get that before he debuted in the main roster? Instead of the feud with John Cena, can you imagine if Kevin Owens debuted and just won King of the Ring? That although the feud with Cena did make him a megastar. That is an example of somebody who today could have used it, you know. Mm. We talk about the post-mania lull and the fear of certain NXT call-ups not making it. Well, yeah. a tournament, you know, protects people because losing a second match in the night isn't a bad thing. And maybe some of the NXT guys could use that as a, you know, even if they just get to the final, a showing. 
Yeah, it makes, it, it makes a lot more sense to say, as you say, you have to go through, say somebody gets to the final and loses, but they've ob- they've went through so many matches. That's where you see a lot of the guys who have won and kicked in the past. Uh, most of them have had a bye at one point in time. Mm-hmm. The heel winners especially. Mm-hmm. I've got like the semi-final match mm-hmm. didn't go through. I think it was Sheamus had a bye. Yeah, yeah. Sheamus had a bye. Uh, Mabel had a bye as well. So... Yeah. Just, I was just thinking, can you imagine Brock Lesnar with like a, a cape and a crown, like he does with the Money in the Bank briefcase? Like, bro- Brock party for... 2002 Brock, yeah. yes, not now, no. Is this like a Brock party, no, that... I that got, <laughs> got people talking, yeah. But just to point that point, like, you're talking about there, even if you forget NXT for a minute, guys like Alistair Black, you're talking Finn Balor, Owens, Zane, that'd be perfect for him, because I feel like the Owens Zane thing is starting to get a bit dry now, a bit boring. The tag team is kind no. of back. <laughs> I, well, I thought you had a second chance, but it went back to what it was the rest of me last year, and it's getting really repetitive. And I just fast forward it now, I'm just fed up listening to them. Even Bray Wyatt as well. Guys like that need some less, and I think he needs to come back, and it would actually make him upper mid card if you want to be technical, but it's really quite an interesting thing now, other than, alright, we're just waiting until that big main event rivalry is over, then the next mm-hmm. guy will just get pushed up, sort of thing. Uh, Ross, who have you got? Uh, I picked Kurt Angle because it's embedded in my brain that tournament. <laughs> Absolutely love that tournament. Rikishi looks like a megastar in that tournament, by the way. We're talking about obviously the heel. Rikishi goes into it injured. He's won the title, from, the Intercontinental title from Chris Benoit, the SmackDown beforehand. And Chris Benoit has walked over his shoulder. He then beats him in the first round. And Benoit loses his mind, goes up in a chair again. Uh, Val Venus attacks him, throws him into the stairs in the semis. He still overcomes it. It takes a belly to belly suplex from the top rope for Kurt Angle. You know, we talk about obviously the endurance. It takes something special to put these guys down in King of the Ring. And Kurt Angle winning it was, I think he's. Hear me out here. Stone Cold's Austin 316 is iconic, but the next month he was left off the pay per view. Two months later. Kurt Angle was in the main event with Triple H and The Rock at SummerSlam. Stone Cold wasn't on the card. For me, Kurt Angle is the best king of the ring. Stone Cold, to me, it wasn't to the fans were shouting, we want Stone Cold. It was a Daniel Bryan situation. It wasn't, we were going to put him there. It's that the fans will riot if we don't. Yeah. And as much as they did give him the king of the ring, people forget Triple H was meant to get the, the one that Austin got. That Kurt was, Angle. Because of the curtain call, wasn't uh, it? Kurt Angle was always destined for the 2000 King of the Ring. He'd been in the company less than a year at this point and he was he was phenomenal in it. He beats Chris Jericho and match of the tournament. He's a fun match with Crash Holly. Crash Holly, with his hardcore title, made you bite a few times, thinking, oh my god, he's going to upset him here. And then the final, it took something special to put Rikishi down. And there's great matches throughout the tournament. You know, you've got uh, Eddie Guerrero, Val Venus have an absolutely amazing match. Uh, Crash Hall and Bill Buchanan have the shock of the century. The way you say it, yeah, it's, it's, it's baffling. And then the, the tournament itself is great. The pay per view itself is great. You know, a six man tag for the WWE title, Triple H and the McMahons versus Kane Rock and uh, Undertaker. It's just an amazing pay per view front to back. And I cannot stress highly enough how much, in my mind, Kurt Angle is the greatest King of the Ring winner of all time. I mean, you are just strong case there. He's, he's probably the best. Passage to the win, mm-hmm. but the difference with the Austin one is the Austin is more impact than actual um, getting to there because he kind of, let's be honest with you, some of these wins wasn't great. But you were, the, you were right about the Rikishi thing, that's one of the things I remember quite fondly about it. How you thought Rikishi, Rikishi that was his 
big push. He was going to be the one over come angle, but uh, yeah, I think you make a good point. You, you really do know that pay per view. <laughs> Honestly, it's like you never forget your first, do you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you can tell me about yours when you have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I've mentioned all the time we had the, the cheap on digital and then they stopped showing WWE and that that along with tapes my granddad gave me were all I had to watch so it was just like the rock wins the main event that one I'm watching it but it was never somebody to sit down first of all I'd have to watch the entire pay-per-view all three hours of it. Sit through Patterson and Briscoe and drag fight for a half <laughs> title. Can you imagine being forced to watch through like the old capital punishment or Crown Jewel? Jesus Christ, I did have to watch Crown Jewel, I was live tweeting for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, moving on now, Alan, who have you got? Yeah. I actually forgot who my favourite was and I just panned I wanted to get this one in first. So uh, I picked Still Gold. Uh, obviously it's been briefly mentioned, but a lot of people actually declare this to start the attitude era. I start because he started speaking so freely, and then you know it's a decent tournament he had. Obviously, he steamrolled Jake Snake because we know Jake Snake wasn't 100% fit, and Jordan Ayers went through his own personal issues as well. But that speech as well, and it opened up you know, the whole floodgates. It, it opened up all Canterbury Pass. Yeah, exactly. Let's go with that. And all the Canterbury Pass for him. You know, think about it. His rivalries with Bret Hart, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, just to name some. And he just became the guy after that. And you're sort of. Like, I think the last time anyone of WWE had anything like that, the moment it opened up the floodgates, was CM Punk declaring he was the best in the world. That's how impactful it was. That was the wow moment. And yeah, it was an alright pay per view. I don't think it was the greatest, but it certainly left a mark in the memory for everyone. I just remember everything that happened in that pay-per-view other than that, <laughs> <apart from> that <laughs> promo, yeah. I'm just actually looking here, right, and he didn't have the hardest one, to be honest. So, <laughs> he beat Bob Holly, okay, before he was hardcore Holly, by submission. Nine minutes Big shot, Bob Holly. In 9 minutes 34 seconds, and then he beat Savio Vega in 8 minutes and 10. Then, I think he had a decent match with Mark Merrill, and that lasted 16 minutes 49. And then he beat Jake the Snake Roberts. Did Mark Matt Merrill have a match that lasted double figures? Yeah, well, Mark Merrill got a feet a bat. Well, I don't know why he was here. Quote Wikipedia: He got a pin against Skip. That was ten minutes twenty-eight, and then he beat Owen Hart by pin nine minutes forty-three, and then he lost to Austin. So, so going through this bracket, like Mark Merrill's like the Iron Man of this. This year, Mark Mark Merrill was the Wild Man. Before he'd be done the boxer gimmick, he was actually really good. I guess mm. this was he was actually right. really. Yeah, this was when he tried to be bad. No, was, he, he, well. Aye, but he had, he had a match against Austin at um, In Your House 9 at a national incident. It was actually a really good match. So I, I think that was the worst thing Meryl could have done. Oh, the boxer gimmick. Yeah, that's going to pan it well. Then it's getting stable bombed. It's weird as well, the boxer gimmick. Get back on trying to say it. Just, the boxer gimmick for the guy that created the shooting star press. It's just it, it doesn't match up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally agree. <laughs> well, let's be honest we all know the push he goes because he was he was with Sable and Sable was the hottest thing going at that point yeah. but it did look like a good feud behind Goldust and Sable and Luna no. so no, no, no. I had a there you go this is how impactful Austin King was <laughs> <laughs> so for him yeah but that's the pay-per-view was a bit naff I mean uh, even looking at Jake the Snakes running 
So Jake the Snake was a shadow of him. Yeah. So he beat Triple H in the first in the first round in just under ten minutes, and then he beat Justin Bradshaw in just over six minutes, and he beat Vader by DQ in under four minutes. That's why it took uh, Austin beat him so quickly. Vader beats the absolute holy hell out of him after. Was this the point where Triple H was just getting buried because of the whole curtain call incident? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably probably why he lost to Jake the Snake. And he lost to Ultimate Warrior in about le- less than 90 seconds. That's that, that, was, that, was, that was before the cut and call. Oh, right. That was pretty cut and call. That was just him also, if I, well, man only ever seen him as a mid card or a best. Mm. Never seen him as a top player. And then he won the next, the one you, the year after? Yep. How times have changed. And in 98, he was a European champion, commentating at the final. <laughs> uh, Strack, who's your, uh, your first past winner? Well, actually, I'll just have to move on to Triple H, because let's face okay. it. I was going to say it was it gets squashed a life out in '96. He won it in '97, and then for then he became European champion. Then he moved to Cornell champion. Then he moved up, obviously, mayor, mayor, mayor. So, so what we're saying previously about building somebody for that tournament win was the the perfect way to do it. Austin that he won it in '96. Didn't really get his push in '98. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see the way they've done it with like a few of the guys. Shamrock, I think I thought I said this in one of the, the podcasts with the greatest to ever hold the title. Mm. Shamrock, I think when he won it in '98, I was like, there's a lot of potential with this guy. It could be decent because his matches against The Rock were brilliant. Mm, that's a great feud. And then he got yeah. into the corporation, and that was it. Just games of bogey. Mm. I'm like, really? It's funny when you mean, I was watching '98 today and see the pop he got Aye. for his first his first match. Aye. Who was it for again? Uh, uh, oh, first Jeff, was it Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett and Jarrett's also getting rude. He comes out, he does nothing to entertain, he just walks out and it's, it's like, pretty much watching Seth Rollins coming out and screaming the reaction. He does nothing, he just walks out, and I don't mean Rollins does nothing, it's just the way the fans react. Hmm. He does nothing, he just walks out the ring, stands in the ring, and he's like, runs in. Does nothing, but the crowd are going apeshit in front of him when he comes out with it against the rock, rocks off to the big heel. Same again. And I can totally agree, he's a wasted talent, he should have been the guy. At some point. But we're talking Triple H. Yes. There's obviously two ways it can go. Triple H getting this, getting this, getting this, getting ball on, ball on, ball up. Even putting a, a team like DX, obviously Shamrock was putting in like a corporation. Just shows you how the tree can kind of split when you've got the creative idea of where the guy's meant to go. So there's a, this is the few guys who go, oh, this will do really well for him. And there's some you go, this is going to do absolutely nothing for him. Triple H's actual run in that tournament was actually really good, considering the fact he got knocked out by Ahmed Johnson. I was going to say originally. that, uh, the, the, the match with Ahmed Johnson, which wasn't really the prettiest Please. of matches. His, De- ma- his match with Mankind was Aye, that was decent. It was on about 20 minutes. Aye, so, so the feud that they two built over the years, mm-hmm. between 97 and 2000. Aye. The Hell in a Cell and No Way Out and stuff like that, so... It's just weird that he never actually used the sort of the, the word king in his sort of moniker until about 2006, where he just started calling himself King of Kings as well. Uh, makes you wonder why didn't he just use it back then? Because well, he's because you know he'd won so much by that point, he could say it and he's beat. So it was Austin and all that rest. Plus he was heavily involved with the X. Aye. No, that plus he's beat. They won the Royal Rumbles and stuff like that. So he's, he's kind of almost done it all. So I can get if they say it back then, but like he won yeah. one to the main Camden. He almost felt like a launching pad for Triple H almost, and then that's how he won all his accolades soon after. Right. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got, I think we've got time for 
one more from each person. So, Stephen, who's your second choice? Do I need to pick a good one? I've got to pick a bad one. You can pick a bad one if you want. Uh, can I talk about Mabel? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he a winner? Why? That is like the worst know. king of the ring. I have the reason. Yeah, but it's the worst king of the ring of all time. Yeah. He was £500, that's why he sat in everyone. Well, look, he beat the Undertaker and then got a buy. What? what? It's just. He was £500, it was out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's never won it else. I mean, it's just that it's a. It's a horrible tournament. It's just oh, a, no, absolutely. It's, a, it's, it's just a, it's a classic example of how they can do the wrong thing. I mean, Mantor was in this tournament, and I would have rather they had oh, Mantor Jesus. in it. You know, <laughs> this King was, Mantor. Can this you imagine? Post steroid trial, though, they needed a big guy who clearly wasn't on steroids, and when you seen that Mabel had more rolls than Martins, you knew he certainly wasn't <laughs> on steroids. <laughs> stupid and boring opening ever. It's just a giant chalkboard with 
names of people in the tournament stick, uh, sticky taped to the board <laughs> and all the wrestlers run in going I'm going to be king of the ring no Jeff Jarrett I am going to be king of no no Bam Bam Bigelow is going to be king of the ring no 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 Owen Hart like who so cares some of these names you're saying do not scream king of the ring <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they're all, and they're all in full gear as well. They've all ran into this classroom and took Dean Douglas's board, I assume, the only person who had a chalkboard at the time. And they're all sticking their name at the. You're like, you do realise that's not how it works. It's not like the first 24 70 where it's like, grab it. First grab pers- it. First person to get the board get, like, gets the title. Right, yeah. guys, first pit, it's like pin the tail of the donkey. Right, guys, first guy to get this title. <laughs> it's actually a good tournament, this though. You've got Razor Ramon against the finalist the year before, Bam Bam Bigelow. You've then got. A questionable match of Erwin R. Scheister versus future winner Mabel. <laughs> and guess who pins Mabel? Oh, yeah, yeah, the IRS he man. pins a £500 man. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, after claiming he was going to be King of the Ring first, is beaten in five minutes by the 123 kid. And then Owen Hart beats Tatanka. As well, see the intro of this, I feel so bad for Tatanka. It's like they all get, they all get nice intros. And then it's just, and Tatanka! The, the Native American, like an element sound, is, is not one for thinking on his feet. It's just like all these guys that get pure accolades. Tatanka, Native American. Five foot six. It's an example of tournament matches not having to be the longest, but they show the speed of endurance. Mm. Owen Hart gets the win eventually, and that leads to the match we talked about on the Owen Hart show, the steel cage match for the WWE title. Cracking match. And it just it keeps that feud going whilst letting Brett defend against Diesel and go somewhere else and keeping Owen away from uh, Brett which is something they don't do in modern day feuds like as we've seen with Corbin Lashley it's a perfect example of long term booking really sorry Corbin Strowman Corbin Strowman yeah uh, it was just they were involved in something every week no they can still be like they can still be linked but they don't need to be together every mm-hmm. week uh, Alan who else have you got right I'm going to change from my original pack <laughs> And I'm going to go to Ken Shamrock. Okay. Shamrock. Shamrock. I read the big series, but I because, is this just because of who he beat in the final? No. Normally, I would declare this pay per view entire waste of time because I brought lost, but I was a big fan of Shamrock as well. Because um, it's like name Rock. Shh. I tell him that. No, but I thought overall the actual pay per view was really, really good as well. I mean, what Ross briefly mentioned about having an impactful King of Ring, having the, the matches on the one night. Um, you know, there were some really good matches. Um, also, the original Beast was part of this pay per view. Fuck, fuck, Lesnar. It was Dan Severn, the real Beast. Well, that's shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really weird about that, that tournament because they kept saying, what, I, think the, I think the final was going to be Shamrock Severn. Like, Severn's fighting The Rock. He's <laughs> the leader of the nation. <laughs> How big, mm. much did they think of Dan Severn? Well, he was the the fighting champion at one point and he just left that he got to WWE same as Shamrock apparently yeah, they were going to give Seven a massive push uh-huh. apparently they were going to give him a really big push it's funny about this time The Rock went back to Vince and went give me a chance to make me the guy but it's heel face I will be that guy and this is the time he had that chat with him man mate you've got one chance and this was the chance he took and he went with it just before that so that's kind of why he get the push to go to the the final, but also as well, we talk about Shamrock, his character being so destructive, all most dangerous man, and the way up to that final, he squashed everyone he faced. So Cameron Mustafa was beaten in under three minutes, Mark Henry was beaten in under five minutes, 
Jeff Jarrett was beaten under six minutes. And the longest match the whole tournament was actually the final against The Rock, which was 14 minutes and 9 seconds. And it was a really entertaining match. And like we briefly mentioned earlier, what a feud the two of them had. And a brilliant mid-card feud that went from right before WrestleMania 14 right through till pretty much they joined the corporation together at the end of 98. Brilliant feud. I don't even remember ever a poor match between them. Mm. And again, sadly never they never pushed that up to the next eleven. But again it was a solid pay per view and the storytelling is excellent. Uh Strack, who's your your second pick? I would say Edge, because I think it was we've obviously covered this kind of two thousand and one and won it within the release past two thousand six. But it's one of the things where you you watch it and you go, wait, it's cut angle against Christian, Edge against Rhino. And he goes, only two possible outcomes this is going to have. Is it going to be Edge or is it going to be Angle? And they're going to do Angle back to back, the same as Bret Hart, to kind of have him up there. But then, this, I think people were actually probably quite surprised when they went to go with Edge. Because Edge was one of the guys you, you look at and you go, there's a good tag team with Christian. Christian, he's decent, but he's kind of no as high level as Edge. You could see Edge with the, the, the big circle world title. At the time, but Christian, you're like, ah, mm, I'm going to look messed. But it's it's one of the things where you get again, the kind of, like, same as Austin, they win it, and then they kind of hold back and hold back and hold back, and then they let them go. Or there's some guys say, like, Bret Hart, like, just let them straight out of the track. It's the same kind of way Owen. Owen kind of go, they got a push, with them and back to normal, and then you got kind of push again, and then back to normal, and it was just kind of. Kind of stop start, yeah. Aye, and I'm like, ah. We said obviously in the show about people who've never been champion. I think the most contested one was Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. He yeah. should have been WWE champion at any point because he's such a good heel. It was Jericho. You want you see him, you're like, oh, I, I really hope he's in the bush in the face and you just your nose pokes at the back of your head. He was brilliant in the nation. He, he, what? He was no, I wasn't. He? I thought he was really good in the nation. Uh, you know what? See the nation when they put when they put Owen Hart in the nation. I'm looking going. It's kind of like Eminem and D12. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the main guy, D12. Uh, just kind of, no, but it's like you kind of, it just does the, it's not like the fit, you just go, why is he there? <laughs> it had nothing to do with the nation, the, the whole way the nation looked kind of broke, broke up, they just kicked Baruch out and actually done better for Baruch because he got to be part of APA, who was tremendous. Just watching him bar people was so much fun. But it just didn't make any sense to me, put one heart in the nation. It just did not make any sense. The only thing about this edge one that I didn't like was it was kind of overshadowed a wee bit. One by Shane McMahon, his match with Angle, and two, the DDP in the front row. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> Shane <laughs> No, you've oh. gone through the windy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, this is, that's been a, a good sort of round panel discussion we've had here. Um, we'll obviously pick it up in the second half, but we're just going to go to a quick uh, break now. And the break for this week's show comes from 1996 uh, King of the Ring winner Stone Cold Steve Austin, where he cuts the... 1986, in- did you say? 96. I thought you did 86. No, I said 96. I thought you said 86. Oh, you, you ruined my segue. 
sorry. Right. Anyway, this is the Austin 316 promo from the 1996 King of the Ring. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yo, this is the cream in your coffee, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, the Jewish canon, the physical embodiment of charisma, the most entertaining man in professional wrestling, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, the best of the best, Mr. American Rana Davey, wrestling the 104-minute man, the main event. I'm really good at Twitter, and I am independent the king of taunts the product david star and you're listening to eat sleep suplex retweet the fourth prestigious king of the ring stone cold steve austin an incredible victory the first thing i want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I prove, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Obviously anything but humble, the fourth prestigious king of the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hi everybody, this is PCO, Perfect Creation One, and you're listening to ESSR, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. That was Stone Cold Steve Austin cutting the infamous Austin 316 promo after winning the 1996 King of the Ring. Uh, just a quick shout out to David Starr, who was the first voice of this week's show. You can catch his interview with Stephen on our king-sized back catalogue now. And also, big thank you to PCO from Ring of Honor and Villain Enterprises. You can catch his interview with Scott this coming Monday. So keep an eye out for that. And... I am with Stephen, Ross, Alan, Strack, and Quacko as we discuss the history of the King of the Ring tournament. So we've just <laughs> we've just done a, a round table of all our favourite winners, uh, just to go to some of the the listeners' choices and some other team members' choices of who their favourite was. We have the GOAT, David Campbell, whose favourite was King Booker. Oh hell, King Booker! Come on, come on, We have the Stooge, Scott McLeod, who says his favourite uh, was Kurt Angle. No wonder they've only had one video. No wonder they've only watched the one. You thought he was a king every right. year. Yep. Yeah, I, I think so their mother bit. decided that Carthel Carnage 99, Armageddon, eh, sorry, 98, Armageddon 99 and King of the Ring 2000. Like, you've got one for each year. They don't do that many, trust me. 
Uh, and we've had a few input from uh, listeners on Twitter as well. We've had John McFarlane who says his favourite was William Regal. Uh, we've got Dave said his favourite was Bret Hart, two-time King of the Ring winner. And Stephen Bennington has said his favourite was, as forementioned, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you give your own pick there? No, no, no. I think another guy called Dave. Dave. <laughs> it's a common name. It's really funny. sad though. We have to went in like Latino, San Martino and stuff like that. We kind of just uh, Austin and Bret Hart. That's the, that's the furthest back we're going to go. <laughs> uh, now, 2002 was the last sort of annual King of the Ring tournament uh, before it got revived four years later in 2006, where it became a SmackDown exclusive uh, King of the Ring tournament, and this was on the build from WrestleMania to Judgment Day. Uh, I'll start with Stephen here. What do you remember of that uh, King of the Ring tournament? The 2006 one? Yes. Uh, one by Booker T. I remember them all being assembled in a random room on SmackDown one night and go, oh, we're bringing the King of the Ring back. Tony Long did that quite a few times. Like, oh, uh, vacant title. Oh, he's getting there. Oh, Battle Royal. Oh, he's getting there. Hold on, player. Hold on, player. <laughs> Tag team match. Oh, you go there now. I will bring back Johnny Laurinaitis on you. Johnny Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis over. Teddy. You said Laurinaitis. That's your nickname. Oh, right. Santino called him Mr. Laurinaitis. Yeah, because of his voice. But, no, I remember it being great springboard for Booker T and as he got speared through the throne that one that fateful judgement day I uh, when Bobby Lashley was interesting <laughs> Bobby Lashley wasn't even interested in Ed uh, but looking at the uh, the brackets though uh, you had uh, Kurt Angle and Randy Orton in an opening round match which that in itself could have been a final match uh, you had Matt Hardy and Booker T Chris Benoit and Finlay and Lashley and Mark Henry do you think this was a a good Sort of brackets to go with it for this tournament, Ross? It's a stacked card, but I just remember them not doing much with it. Like, Angle and Orton gets eight minutes, and Orton was uh, injured post mania. He wouldn't come back till one night stand, I believe. Yeah, Angle and yeah. Angle again. Matt Hardy wasn't it, you know, he was sort of floating about the mid card at this point. Finlay Benoit, maybe like to go back and watch that because that sounds like a technical that, match. That, they actually had a match in Judgment Day because of this, how that. Rough enough. So they, yeah, because Finlay won by dubious means. And then Bobby Lashley, Mark, Mark Henry was at sort of a crossroads as well at this point. Five minute loss for your count now. Like, then he ended up having a feud with Kurt Angle, didn't he? Mark Henry? Yeah. No, he just, had a, he just had a feud with Kurt Angle. Oh, but he, fought, it, he fought Undertaker at WrestleMania that year. Yeah. No, he, he, had, he faced Angle at Judgment Day. See, that's how little I remember this too. I, mean, I just, this is the. This is what we talked about earlier, I mean, Alan, about the. You lose interest in the tournament and the, the things that come from it, you know. If you do qualifying matches, don't get me wrong, you know, you could do like maybe, like just a, a quick example of time. Corbin gets eliminated, Finn Balor's backstage getting interviewed and laughs. Corbin thinks he's laughing at him, so then he calls Finn Balor. There you go, you get an IC title match after tap your head for the King of Ring. King of Ring qualifiers, there we go. That's fine, fair enough, you know. But see when it's like four this week, and then two next week, and then one in the paper. Like, no, it's an endurance test. Mm-hmm. I bet. You've also got like, um, you know, you guys were mentioning like heel winners of the tournament usually get a bye or usually have a bit of an unfair advantage. Uh, well, that was that also happened with Booker T this year because he was meant to face Kurt Angle in the semi-final, but Mark Henry actually injured him, so kayfabe sort of took him out the tournament. And so basically Booker T only had to wrestle Matt Hardy and then Bobby Lashley in the final. I love you had to reiterate it was kayfabe. <laughs> King of kayfabe. Mark Henry went into business for himself and thought, no, he's seen me looking at that sausage roll and catering. He knew I was going for that sausage roll and catering, and he took the last one. So I'm going at you with a chair. 
Hey, if Kane and Chris Jericho can have a feud over coffee, Kurt Angle and Mark Henry can have a feud over a sausage roll. You know what? I'd actually pay to see that. That'd be fantastic. You think this is about sausage rolls? <laughs> sausage roll in a poma. You start eating a disappointment. It's a vegan sausage roll. No! Daniel Bryan comes out asking for the, the leftovers. That's a great idea. Daniel Bryan's in the match. He can't win. Can't eat sausage roll. Is it vegan? No, it's not. Uh, the eventual winner of that tournament, uh, Booker T, becomes King Booker. What did you guys, Alan, what did you make of you know Booker T's transition to the King role? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, yes. Booker, he's one of these guys, he just can't see me doing anything wrong. Man, he's just brilliant. I, even when people started in his commentary, I thought, oh, I quite like his commentary, actually. Yeah. I love Booker T, and he was in a lull after coming in as a WCW champion, and then nothing really ever happened. Yes, five times over there in the corner. <laughs> but, um, no, guy needed something to spice up his career again, get back in it. This was the, per- <laughs> this was the perfect catalyst. Um, and yeah, I totally, I loved it, and I'm so happy he got to win it. Uh, you know, he was um, the, the gimmick lasted until his uh, till he was let go, like mid two thousand seven strike. Do you think having that king gimmick for that long definitely sort of did wonders for him because he won the world title as a result as well? See, it was it was a mixed bag. I, I, I didn't really the king book. I think was all right. I don't think it was like people make it as immense. Okay, kind of like, I don't know if you're about to watch the back rose colour glass. Uh, quite clearly, you, you want to say something here. Mate, it's the same as like people always look back and go, oh, ECW was great. Eh, uh, bits it one. Again, I think the same as the King Booker thing. It was alright, but it's better when you look back at it. Can't object. Can we do a quick poll? Who thinks King Booker was a good gimmick? Hands up. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to abstain for this for the simple fact that. Four see when he pops back up, like when he, he did the Team Smackdown thing and he did the mm-hmm. New Day thing. I popped when he came back, but I remember at the time watching it when I was about, I think I was about twelve at this point, and I hated him with a passion. I, because he was a heel. Yeah, he just let me finish. Like the way he was, I was himself. meant to hate him. Yes, I know that, and I did hate him. And the fact that they did it so brilliantly that he took the title from Rey Mysterio, the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the <laughs> beloved, you know, you know. Travel turns on Ray, you know, it's betrayal at its worst, and then when you think it can't get worse, you know, the biggest heel in the company, you know, takes the title for him. And he, he had a great feud with Batista, he, the feud with Rey Mysterio was quite good. <coughs> he was entertaining with it. He, I, I love the, there's a segment on Raw with King Booker and it's Big Show, John Cena, and Booker T. I know exactly that one. When yeah. they're all champions, and he goes, You've got a white guy that talks like he's black, and I can't remember what Cena says. He's like, what are you talking about, Willis? And then you've got a white guy who talks like Prince Charles and King Booker, just in his best accent, goes, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Booker T's strength is his facial expression. He, he cannot hide when he's pissed off on commentary, and this was just, I beg your pardon. <laughs> 
And of course, in real life, he smashed Batista backstage. <laughs> yeah. This is this, his eccentric, you know, posh sort of demeanor as well, definitely sort of attitude. He was like, I am King Booker, you are all my loyal subjects. Something else as well, it was obviously put on, and Booker T even acknowledged it was put on because, see, whenever they lost the plot with someone, like when Finlay was going to get involved in the Fatal Four Way match, because maybe just Booker and Bobby Lashley, and then ended up uh, Batista and Finlay get added. And Finlay went, What if I win the world title? And he quickly switched back and goes, ah, Dog, don't you even think about it. Don't you do- I'm from Harlem. I will. And he just kind of stops. Like, Subject Finley. <laughs> I don't think that would be in the best interest of the court. <laughs> you will do as your king says, you peasant. <laughs> Basically, he just switches back to that role. And that, that's the whole comedic factor about it too. And that's, he just he just did it so well. Mm-hmm. I said he can't, he's one of these few guys. He can't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. He's like Triple H, Jericho. Doesn't matter what he does, he nails it. I, I didn't like how the thing ended. It was it, it ran into Triple H as most things did from about the mid two thousands. And it was just like, I'm the true king of WWE, so I have to, anyone with king in their name, Dave King, come here to a punch <laughs> no, but, like, Oh, Jerry the King Lawler, okay, I'm going to punch the pushing 60-year-old man on commentary to prove nothing. And it's like, oh, by the way, Triple H is going to come back and in the space of seven minutes is going to just completely obliterate a year and a half worth, yeah. worth of good work. Well, actually, WWE. Well, actually, going from King Booker now, we actually look at to one of uh, King Booker's core, actually, who was actually the successor to the throne. It was uh, William Regal, won it on the 23rd of April 2008 edition of Raw. So, and like that, that again, that was sort of, that was a sort of triple brand sort of tournament because they had people from Raw's wellness policy sort of beaten to the punch a bit. But do you think, I'll just think of, from a sort of fantasy booking sort of perspective, how good of a King of the Ring do you think William Regal would have been had he had that long-term sort of plan? Well, he was English. He doesn't start. Spencer Handel is real King Regal, so he's, he is kind of still carrying it on a bit. It worked, because he was the GM at the point as well. So yeah. he, was, he kind of had the rule over the, the broad mm-hmm. you know, roster. And he was just like, he did the job really well, I thought. <laughs> he went like Caligula and just... You two will fight to the death. <laughs> he went pure Daenerys. Oh, never I was going to say, it could have been Joffrey before, it could have been Joffrey before Joffrey was Joffrey. You know, the tyrannical leader who, if you displease him, he will have at you. <laughs> and he gave himself the easiest road to the tournament as well. Mm. Like his first match is against Hornswoggle. As Finlay was like being carried out the back or something? Yeah, Finlay... He won by DQ over Cali. Oh, yeah. Cali by DQ, and then Cali beats up Hornswoggle, and then he just runs down and pins Hornswoggle. Yeah, Hornswoggle's... Yeah, Regal stretches them. And then the next round is meant to be Finlay, but obviously he's injured, so then, again, a heel getting a bye. No, he never got a bye. He wrestled. He still wrestled. It was like, wrestled. It was like two minutes, the match or something. Still the, the only... The only oh, because he knocked him out. That's the only decent right. match he had was in the punch. final with CM Punk. Who had just beaten Chris Jericho in the semi-final as well. So I mean, if anything, Punk had the, probably the best run of the whole tournament. I think Punk. No, the next match was Punk Regal. I think he just ran down and attacked him, like Austin at Vengeance 01 with Jericho. Mm-hmm. He didn't give him time to recover. He just runs down the ring. And yeah. I think again was it not Power of the Punch again? No, missed Regal stretch. No, Regal stretch all three times. No, no, Power of the Punch was the second one. Oh right, okay. When the Regal stretch. <laughs> Definitely a legal stretch. Great submission, by the way. Aye, underrated. And Jetley Hurst. 
<laughs> Can I actually say that too? Uh, there was also that promo after, the week after he won King of the Ring, where Mr. Kennedy comes out. Kennedy! <laughs> Can you imagine a feud between Kennedy and Regal as well? Like, sort of the, the brash, cocky, like, loudmouth against the very sort of regal, authoritative king character. See, see in hindsight, I'm glad we never saw that feud. Why? Why? Promos would have been great. I don't, Promos would have been great, the match would have been terrible. Kennedy was a great promo, not a great, not a best wrestler in the world. Kennedy, Kennedy's best work was when he was in TNA. WWE never really gave him a chance to. Well, he's injured, injured all the time. I know, but he, but he never really gave a chance to show what he was actually worth. But TNA, they gave him the push. WWE gave, gave, gave him money in the bank, and he got injured. So I think though, like even if they ended up feuding for the King of the Ring crowd, much like. King Kieran Kelly King, <laughs> King Kennedy wouldn't have worked for maybe the yeah. same reason you know, same we've had this discussion before yeah. <laughs> and just sort of moving forward to the 2010 tournament and to make that analogy you could have also had King Kofi Kingston as well which was mentioned by CM Punk on commentary but yeah this was um, the night after Survivor Series 2010 where Miz had just won the WWE Championship or it might no it was it was he won, won, it, won it the night after Oh no, so I was no sorry, the week after he won the... Yeah, yeah my mistake. Botch. But yeah, it was... Yeah, again, eight people sort of doing the tournament on one night on Raw, which was main evented by a title match that was a tables, ladders and chairs match. So mm-hmm. it was quite a patch show to begin with. They at least didn't qualify us on there. They qualified the week before. Mm-hmm. And then you can't take it to the field and they all get, then they ran the full... Yeah, tournament so you could day. say it ran over two weeks, but... Uh, but I think Miz was actually supposed to be in a qualifying match <coughs> against uh, Ezekiel Jackson, but then that's the night of his cash-in. Yeah, he pulls out and he sends Alex Riley instead. Mm-hmm. And Alex Riley, it's punk mentions in commentary. I like how Ezekiel Jackson's fighting Alex Riley. His time drawn just three minutes of him beating the hell out of this guy. He needs some new footage. Aye, <laughs> 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 uh, so the match last year, one minute, 55 seconds. Well, there you go, he's got an extra minute, 55 so the, seconds of coverage. The people in that, uh, that tournament you had... Rey Mysterio, Dolph Ziggler, John Morrison, Cody Rhodes, uh, Drew McIntyre, Ezekiel Jackson, Kofi Kingston, and Sheamus. So, again, another sort of pretty decently balanced field. Final was uh, Sheamus versus John Morrison, but obviously Sheamus got a bye because um, Drew and Ezekiel went to a double countout. So, again, another case of the heel winner gets a bye. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was weird. Sheamus was sort of... Before we knew how good he really was, he'd been pushed a bit too soon. He had these two world title runs at this point. People were just kind of sick of him. John Morrison, I, I believe, I think it was a Team Morrison, Team Shades. Tim Miz, I think. Tim Miz. Team Miz. Team Miz, He pinned Sheamus in that match. He also. He also pinned Sheamus like three times afterwards. Yeah, but he also. He loses to Sheamus when everyone thought it was going to be John Morrison because we thought Morrison Miz feud. And then at TLC, the next like three weeks later, Sheamus' first match as King of the Ring is losing a ladder match, number one contenders match, to John Morrison. Mm. So it was a weird one because the winner never got a title shot. He got a chance to fight the guy he just beat for a title shot. And then lost to that guy. Did Morrison not pin him in eliminate, elimination chamber? He did, yeah. Yes. That's, that's the one where he came hanging off the dome, yeah, cross bodies him. Yeah, Although I think Kalisto did a better job, but like some years later when he literally went to the centre of the dome. You were right when you said about that. I was see the talent they had in it. They could have done so much better with it. Yeah. And actually, it's actually it's, it's, it's card. I mean, as Dave said, the likes of Daniel Bryan were in it, Drew were in it, 
um, some guy fought Rey Mysterio. We'll never know who he is anymore. But I think again, thinking back, oh, it's a stat cared then that the guys weren't as well <coughs> developed and polished back then. Yes, yeah. that's how they like to go because they're like, ah, he's nah, all right. Daniel Bryan at Sam McGuire, so I can't remember when I released him because he was kind of just there and had nothing behind him. So I think us looking now, going, what they cared on that. But when you go back to then, mm-hmm. how, how they wrestled and how they were, at the back end, you're like, ah, meh. Because Bryan's a jobber. Stardust. It's a good, it's a good lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look at the look at 
Art Truth now. He's an eight-time champion. Eight-time. Art Truth is playing these strengths now. See here, they didn't have him playing these strengths. Like Art Truth and these mm. wee comedic, you know, five-minute skits is fine. But then this is when I had a, a rational hatred for Art Truth because it was a lead-up to an Intercontinental Title match. Let me finish <laughs> on that year's WrestleMania and see every every match involving Wade Barrett. Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose, and everyone going for that kind of title, Raw and SmackDown. He was in commentary, and like it was funny the first couple of times, but then they just repeated the jokes, and you know it's Vince feeding them these jokes, going, repeat that joke, repeat that joke, and it just got to the point where you're just like, I hate our truth so much, and it, I I hated them after it as well. You because can never hate the truth. Okay, Maverick does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he he crashed that man's wedding. That day, and that man's laughing his head off inside. No, I did like. I liked him yeah. before it. I liked him when he was in the Golden Truth, trying to recruit uh, Goldust. It's just this time period. I absolutely hated that it. Don't swing that way. <laughs> See, you so let's bring up again the R Truth when. How did Drake Maverick actually talk as much as he's doing it? She's a wrestler as well. About and it was after the wedding. It was after the wedding. Aye, but still, he's trying to talk to somebody into that. You probably, probably get paid a lot for it. To be fair, it's the reason you get paid for it. Drake Maverick's kind of in the same club as you used to, the punching above. Can't <laughs> 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 right, that's not a real message. In, ter- nah. in terms of height as well. But, I think uh, they actually, I d- in fairness, like, in well, the winner for the No Shit Sherlock Award here, <laughs> um, it wasn't his actual wedding part, I think they did it and then went yeah, back. Yeah, they, they did it and they went Because back. they announced, do you, Drake Maverick, Take her to be your lovely wife. <laughs> her, she doesn't get a name. She was in the Mayor Classic. She's in WWE Canada. I know, but it's like, I'm really surprised they actually said she has to. It doesn't matter. This shows how great this tournament Can was. We focus on, on, yeah. See, this is how bad this tournament was. We need was, to get right? a show on the 24th We're focusing on this semi finals rather than the actual the, winner. See, the thing about it though, see, they had the final between Barrett and Neville. Two English kids, you know, but yeah. Neville had just been called up. He needed this probably more than Barrett. He had a cape. He already had the cape. And he had pyro. And he had pyro, yes. And it's just like, why did they not give it to him? No, they gave and it to him. And they which is kind of like regal colours. Because, because they were saving it for the king of the cruise Wade, Wade Barrett has literally got the worst post King of the Ring run ever. Yeah. Because he ends up in that feud involving Stephen Amell, which he loses. No, no, and before that, he ends up in the feud with R Truth, where R Truth. Is that his absolute worst? Yeah, but he's he's literally the sidekick to Stardust. Mm-hmm. He then ends up in the League of Nations. God, that went nowhere. <laughs> oh God, do you remember? Which is had so much potential spell at the start, mm-hmm. and then just aye. Remember he's he's cosmic king because yeah. he's with Stardust. So aye. you need a you need a space thing. I'll be the cosmic king. You were king of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that just shows it just shows how badly handled. And then less than a year later, he's gone. You know. Mm-hmm. It's just so poorly booked, yeah. I mean, a couple of years earlier, I think he had the Nexus angle to take over Raw, mm-hmm. take over SmackDown. He's in all the main events for about four months running. It's 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 he, had, he had so many like halted pushes. Mm-hmm. It was like they just did not want to push him over that it's, edge. It's not even that. See, at this point, he's, he's absolute worst as well because <clears throat> he loses by DQ to Ambrose. He then gets beat every week by Artruth, Ambrose, Brian, Stardust, Harper. Everyone that's the entire time yeah. before it's around about that time to poor as well. Mm. He's he enters the as Intercontinental Champion on a massive losing streak to Mania, doesn't get his rematch because Brian gets injured, loses on the pre-show of Extreme Rules, which was two, Extreme Rules that's what it was two days before he beats Neville in the final. Neville beats him on the pre-show. 
and then the match for the King of the, the prestigious King of the Ring crown between Artruth and um, Barrett. Barrett is on the battleground kickoff. Mad. It's just so bad. And see, did they not do a special one-off Elimination Chamber pay-per-view that year, and he was eliminated first? Yes. That was oh, and the whole booking of that went to pot because Mark Henry's pod door broke open, mm-hmm. and they just messed everything up. Uh, well, in fairness, it's like. Well, I'm free. I, I, I kind of have yeah. to go out. They were basically just calling spots on the night, like, on, like as it was going on. It was, oh, it was. It well, just like, all fell apart. Well, like I said, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. His King of Bad News shirt was actually pretty, pretty neat. Well, we're talking about obviously needing original content for the network. Neville's match with Sheamus goes five and a half minutes, and the longest thing of the night is the brawl that ensues between Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus because he costs them the match. Mm-hmm. Then R-Truth and Bad News Barrett Bad News Barrett eventually gets his 1-1 out of a thousand matches <laughs> against R-Truth that last 4 minutes and then the final last 7 minutes You're like, you need content for the network It's rushed, and, yeah And it's it's rushed, it's it's just bad and we talk about Brock Lesnar, he don't been in the company 3 months Neville was coming off at NXT Championship run, he just debuted Surely this would have been better than mm. you know the next month at Beast in the East. Kevin Owens has been called. Owens has been called up that year as well. Why not just have a surprise entry and put him in it if you want? Well, he but two weeks later he debuts and beats John Cena. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he did get his own sort of breakout moment. But do you think Kevin Owens would have suited a King of the Ring win as well? KKO. Yeah. I think Owens could pull off. King KO. I think he's, he's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? And the guy who, who does a promo that well as well as yeah. another I mean, he, let's be honest he'll own it he will yeah. own it yeah. as long as he doesn't call himself King own, Kevin owns King and he's going to should become <laughs> as long as he doesn't do that he'll be fine I think what Kevin Owens was going to be one of the guys who the reason they never gave him it is because he didn't need it he didn't no. need that he didn't need the King of the Ring he held him up he had he already could back himself especially coming out with the, the NXT title mm. and challenging seeing that he already went do you know what this guy doesn't need anything else, just let him go himself and that he can do so. Yeah. Uh, feel bad for him, but <coughs> he had so much potential as well. And I think he's, in an interview he said about um, the whole Nexus against Team Cena thing. And he went, John Cena was saying, well, this will do that. He went, basically squashes. He went, that'll kill our momentum. And it was, I think it was Edge. Was that Team Edge? No, don't, don't, John, don't do this finish. And John Cena went ahead and went, no, no, we'll do, we'll do this finish. And then after it, Josh said, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that. I'm like, well, too late now. You've just killed Barrett's momentum. It's, it's not even that, though. Like, you can't just pinpoint it that one. There's so many things to do with Wade Barrett that just kill him. And it's, when they, it's when they get rid of the bad news thing, because it was getting yeah. too over. Yeah. yeah like, and it, did it not spawn the JBL and Cole show as well? Yeah. yeah. And as much as Artruth's great now, see when you're, you've just won King of the Ring, and Artruth's uh, is his lowest interest point you know he wasn't getting fan reaction this time now he's the hottest thing in WWE he's just he, he shouldn't be losing on the pre-show mm. to people he should be challenging for the again no level at that point and this is um, I didn't really like after I thought they would released him long ago but see the whole 24-7 thing mm-hmm. I honestly think it's the funniest thing going mm-hmm. see on the airplane mm-hmm. where he was going to put lifting people's towels out <laughs> <like the shoulders laughs> I was 
pissing myself through the whole lot. I think they missed an opportunity. Hornswoggle! I've not Hornswoggle! They missed an opportunity to not have him lift a blanket back and it's someone like Triple H or Vince McMahon going, put it back. Was it Edgar Glitch? the Mojo Riley? Shut up! His eyes open! You like that, man? You put a blanket back at him! Because they're a group chap and they first get announced for Rogue Law, it's a terrible thing, which it is, we get that. I said I think this could be the thing it turns. This, this could be brilliant and it's just been phenomenal. It's the thing I look forward to now. Mm. I want it! It's my wedding! It's the one thing, it's, see when I YouTube on Smackdown, like this uh, this week it was like multiple superstars win the 24-7 title and it's like that that is it. That, I've not watched the Undertaker thing yet, I've watched the 24-7 title. It's like the hardcore championship booking almost like five people win it one night. Yeah. One of the Facebook pages is the Nepal who is with the better if you like a 24-7 champion, Crash Holly or R-Truth. Artruth losing that pole. Yeah, because Crash, Crash Holly Crash wow. Holly's amazing. So. Crash Holly was, was Crash, amazing. It's unfair, unfair to compare them right now. Artruth just started Crash Holly. But I see you know, that. I see Straight Maverick is the new Crash Holly. Yeah. Yes. Let's uh, let's save the twenty four seven to chat for another show. But um, yes, twenty four seven show. Got one more. Th- got one more thing. Can before. we talk about the European forty eight seven TV championship? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the new King of the Ring title. <laughs> Uh, but going going forward with the the King of the Ring tournament, um, again I'll, I'll open this up to everybody. Do you think um, since we discussed the Queen of the Ring sort of fantasy booking last week, we said there's been rumours around that it could happen? And my pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that. Twice, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, we've seen quite a bit of a revival with these sort of network special tournaments, such as Cruiserweight Classic. We've had two May Young Classics now, which has uh, all gone off uh, pretty well. Do you, is, is, do you think there's an opportunity for maybe King of the Ring to come back in this format? No. Yes. 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 I, 100%. Uh, could you elaborate on that? I, I, totally I feel it should be a pay-per-view. Back to a pay-per-view. Yeah. It needs to be a pay-per-view. But where is it? I agree with that. I should there be a pay-per-view, a special I, I, Special thing. It would work, I, but it's not. It's a King of the Ring. It's like we talked about before we came on air. No, it's like it was like the fifth major if you want to call it, if you want to compare like Wrestlemania, Rumble, SummerSlam, so actually as the majors of WWE, this was the fifth one that should be and a special isn't for me, it's not going to cut it, it should be a special, it should be a pay-per-view May, June, even July time to get that lull with the summer. But you've got money in the bank now, that's the one issue with that yeah. one, you need, you need to kind of, money in the bank's kind of taken place in that area of the calendar, you need to maybe put it somewhere Maybe even between SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble. I think we have the Royal Rumble to determine who in the main roster, male and female, go on at WrestleMania. I think the night before the Royal Rumble, NXT should present King of the Ring. NXT take over King of the Ring and the winner gets the WrestleMania weekend world title match. Ooh. Like, it's, in- it's interesting because NXT, oh, that's naughty. NXT <laughs> NXT have got the they're currently doing that break the breakout tournament, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a fantastic idea to kind of help get the new guys and the winner gets a title match. Yeah, exactly. So kind of similar idea works with that one, but you can even put the established guys in that. Even mm-hmm. if you were to do it in the main roster, you would need to do it somewhere to get the guys who have not quite hit that level that yet. Guys like this, for example, your Ricochets, Alistair Blacks, guys like that who need something to kind of help. Because mm-hmm. the issue that WWE has got now is you've got these guys who we all know are great, but they don't present them in a way that makes you believe that they could become world champion. Good. King of the Rings is the easiest way to do it. On that note as well, well, 
Scott from the team has also written an article on a home on a fantasy homecoming tournament, so you can check that on our website. Uh, so I've got another wacky booking. I know it may be controversial saying this what is now. Let's get rid of the two battle royals at WrestleMania and have the final there. Let me show. That's as long as you don't relegate it to pre show. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. Actually, that's the problem. That's a big thing. See, See I, I, I do like that idea because where's the bigger place to have it than WrestleMania? SummerSlam. No, no, because WrestleMania is bigger than SummerSlam. Let me finish my thought here, Dave. Sorry. But at the same time, there's so much happening at WrestleMania that sometimes it gets lost in the yeah. shuffle. Like, you know, so much happened this year that, you know, I forgot Batista had a match at WrestleMania because so much went down at WrestleMania this year. Sometimes stuff like that gets lost in the shuffle. Also, we briefly mentioned what impact will happen the whole thing one night. Yeah. See, the idea, as some of what Stephen said, the idea I had th- if they brought back King of the Ring is NXT has qualifiers, one guy for there goes through. 205 has qualifiers, one guy for that goes through. One guy for Raw, one guy for SmackDown. You have the semi finals on that show. Mm-hmm. So, one guy's going to represent you for 205, one guy's got NXT, one's Raw, one's SmackDown. You've got all your four brands represented. Put your guy who you thinks doing really really well in that tournament gets the other brand exposure because somebody might watch it and go I don't really watch 205 then you see Buddy Murphy or Cedric Alexander going at it with somebody see, who can just pull it as fast as they can see with that idea you're saying there actually now with the, with the wild card rule we've kind of got the Raw and Smackdown kind of crossing over Aye. what if instead of having a separate one for Raw and Smackdown you just have the one for that and throw in NXT UK into that as well Mm-hmm. Then you've got a main roster, then you've got kind of four separate kind of tournaments to kind of decide who's going from NXT UK, who's going from NXT, who's going from 205 Live, who's going from the main roster. Then you do that idea and to kind of cross it over. So as well, obviously I like the fact that Kofi Kingston fought for the WWE title this year, but they kind of dragged the story out a wee bit because we all knew it was going to be Kofi. Why not have the King of the Ring instead of Elimination Chamber? Because we always go, Elimination Chamber should be dragged out to like punish a champion who's dodging all comers like Alexa Bliss when she was dodging all comers it's like well by the way you've not defended the title in three months so you're going to be in there with five women defending your title have because the WWE title matches at like Fastlane and Elimination Chamber we all know the champ's going to retain the, you know, the rest of the main events booked months in advance so for whatever brand didn't win say Smackdown as of this year have the King of the Ring tournament as the next pay-per-view and then you can go right the winner of the King of the Ring fights for the title that the number one I didn't want to fight for. There you go. You could spin that and go, put a WWE champion in there. For example, you're probably smack then. Put a WWE champion in. Potential new champion that night. WWE champion can go out the first round. New champion. You Japan do that quite well with that, uh, the G1. G1, the G1 tournament, the, the champion goes in that one and mm-hmm. they have title matches in with the tournament. Uh, I think just a Champions League format, group stage then knockouts. Date in a year. Some of the, the older tournaments actually featured the WWE champion in the in the tournament, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not a, an unusual Some, concept. Similar to the Rumble, the Rumble used to have the champion as well. Hogan was champion, he won the Rumble. So of course he was. <laughs> You're talking to unfortunately jokingly about the Champions League format and TNA did have their own to bound for glory. Mm-hmm, that was good. And that tournament was drawing you had your top eight guys fighting each other week in, week out for about three months. And whoever had top four of the most points, they went to two semi finals to your final, and that was your guy that went to fight at their version of the rest yeah, of the It was really, really well done. It's kind of what they did with the mixed match challenge as well. I don't see why they couldn't do the yeah, same with King of the Ring. Then they have the final and then the screw finish and it goes to VAR. <laughs> <laughs> the match goes back. Charles Robson gets running down and goes, 
No. They actually did do. They actually did use VAR at one point. I think Mike Kyoto was uh, checking like a screen that was immediately right side. I miss Messina. Messina. Wheel team rule. No. No. Was that the I quit match? Aye. No. Dolph, eh, no Dolph Ziggler, Alberto Del Rio, Jack Swagger, 2013. Oh, throw the towel, yeah. Throw the towel in match, and Zeb Coulter took Ricardo's towel and threw it in, and VAR, but he was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> checking the screen, you're like, no, no, piss <laughs> off, he lost. <laughs> yeah. I think the current point we're all making is, see that they bring it back, there's so much potential to mm-hmm. bring it back. And do it properly, yeah. Because right. the world's colliding to them as well. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant, because they're, see that idea of the Battle Royal? First two, you just have a match, then the ones after that, and then right. you match straight to that. Mm-hmm. You kind of watch going, oh, please, and then you see somebody go out, and you go, oh, please put him out next, because you're thinking, like, Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, please, somebody put it, be done, put it, be done, somebody put it, be done, and then you're like, oh, well, well do you know what, that'll be a good match anyway. It's, it's good, because you could, any of the ideas, you could end up having some great cross-promotion match. Yeah. I mean, the, on the unlikely scenario that Brock Lesnar wins the like gets in from the main roster and then he gets that chance to fight Riddle and that's the match we can, the, the excuse for that to happen I mean as much as we'd love to see Riddle versus Lesnar and Riddle tap him out it's not going to happen no so anytime soon anyway well, as well as that WWE flop, flop, flop. at this moment is oversaturated with talent and they're being wasted so this is something that will help like a fan baller eh, Alistair Black I wouldn't say Ricochet because Ricochet's kind of slapping that up with momentum now with Nakamura is perfect example Rusev, Rusev. Again, um, Bobby Lashley could probably do with something less. Uh, same Cesaro. with Braun, Cesaro, Braun Strowman. No, that's just me spitballing names there. You could throw guy like Cedric Alexander or something like that. Some, Murphy, some right? of these guys, about, you imagine that sort of t- tournament happening over one pay per view, or if you want to go bigger, you want to make it 16, then you do it over maybe the qualifiers one night and Raw, make the whole Raw, and then or then the whole SmackDown, and then you put the pay per view. This potential's massive, man. Mm. Keith Lee versus Samoa Joe. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that'd be a qualifier, that'd be a final. That'd be tremendous. Definitely. It's, it's mouthwatering that prospect, the thought of it. AJ versus Adam Cole. Baby. Oh, oh that would just. See, I mean, this, this is the thing I don't understand anymore. Like, there's so much good stuff you can do with it. Gargano, Val. Nakamura, Gargano. Oh. I talked about the Champions League format. Even if you if you say you've got four groups, four groups of uh, four, you've got one group on two groups on Raw because it's the hours. One group on uh, SmackDown, one group on Two Hundred Five Live, and then the winner of each group. You know, every three weeks, you know, the, the matches happen. Each person fights each person once, and the four winners go into the pay per view. And there you go, you've got. Two Raw, SmackDown, and a... NXT, you're getting a shot then, or? Yeah. No, two NXT, all the record tournament. I'll leave them if I want, it's my fucking fancy. <laughs> <laughs> you probably, I, think, I think what does happen, you're, you're never going to see an NXT tournament. No, you're not. Right? So but there's still so much potential just for the two shows. Our final, our final's going to be Shane McMahon versus Shane McMahon. <laughs> Taking on the winner of Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Versus one half of the revival. Hang on, Shane, did you just pin yourself? Did you lose? Well, I won really. Well, I'm still the best in the but you lost. Just Shane lying the ring like his leg. He's like, hang on, two, one, I can't do it, I need to kick up. Hey, folks, I have received a memo that I need to do this. Introducing the king of the world. <laughs> You don't 
imagine he won the Piss and World Cup. It's not, it's not much of a stretch. You mean the US Open? <laughs> yeah, it was that World Cup. Sorry, I'm just looking at the specs of my autogram. It's quite blank. Quite nice. <laughs> 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 I love the fact you went and, and format me because I'm doing the same like, thing. It's like so small, so small. Something you've heard. Yeah, but um, yeah, this is, these are all like fantastic ideas going round. Um, but I'd, l- I'd like to get like a definitive answer from each of you about if they were to bring back, say, a King of the Ring tournament, what format should they do it in? And which brands should be open to it? So I'll start with you, Stephen. I'll go with the one I said. Yeah, you get the combined Raw and SmackDown one, the two NXTs and the two five have their own mini tournaments. How many? One of each. How many will be in it? Like how many individuals? Uh, eight from each brand. Then the winners go to the fight. So there's four go to the pay per view. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Raw SmackDown two five sixteen men and four groups of four. Uh, and the winner of each group goes on to pay-per-view. Okay. And you have the final four. So one from each brand, essentially? Uh, no, two for all, because oh, right, it's okay. your show. But I, uh, two groups in Raw, one group in SmackDown, one group in 205. Do that over three weeks, and then the final is the final four. I can see a bit of scenario, but because it's WWE, we know the story of mine and the way they work is abysmal at the moment. Just for simplicity and the fact that we know they can cock up quite easily. Raw, SmackDown, and just pack your top four mid-carders, put them together, make it simple, and if you can, make it a pay-per-view. Okay, and Strap? Uh, my idea's the one that Wilson stole. Um, <laughs> no, I'd do, I'd do the same, I'd NXT 205, Raw and SmackDown, you've got the guys who are competing for that, and then it'd be basically one person representing each brand, and I would still make it a King of the Ring pay-per-view, and I would have obviously the, the semi-finals, then your final, but you could also, with that, you've got Maybe it's you say either world champ and the universe champ the night half because mm-hmm. you've got the final to contend on, um, and then obviously you could probably put in your beef up your smack the, the tag team the tag titles in that pay per view as well. So much stuff you could do with it, but I'd say that way. Look, it's like Champions League formats, the World Tag League. Aye, okay. give your mid titles a good push as well. Aye, aye, aye. US and Continental. Give them well, maybe two matches before the final. But we're all agreed it should be more it's more suited to be a pay-per-view than like a network yes. event. Yes, yes, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Quacky, you wanna be a yes, uh, I would love to. Uh, have one pay-per-view, call it either Regal or the Royal Higher Power. Have uh, <laughs> um, men and women, uh, two tournaments, all hammering out, but only keep a rod smack down because I believe NXT UK two oh five and all that should be reserved for an invasion for Survivor series. Leave mm. them to do their own thing, and then have a final on that day or either at WrestleMania. Slide into my DMs if you want to hire me as your general manager. <laughs> if you were to do Ron SmackDown, who would be your king of the ring pick? Oh, okay. Right now, if we have to do it, you're really asking me, of course, it's going to be truth. If I had to do it right now, <laughs> I was actually thinking about King of the Ring before SmackDown last night. SmackDown Nakamura. I was a bit. Like, you go back Hold your water! The champ is speaking! Silence! Anyway, so I do apologise for that, Alan. <laughs> I was going to say Shinsuke Nakamura as the king of strong style, but he looks like he's entering a feud for them to come out on title. And I'm very happy for that feud to happen. Dave, you've not spoken a moment. Would you like to give your kidding back? You may uh, speak now. <laughs> I, I also choose Nakamura. I'll go black. I'll stop. What are you, Steve? 
I'm just quite sure. Did you just say that? Wow. Adam and Herbstrack speak. Sorry. I was not skipping that. I just. My brain just went, what did Wilson just say? Alistair. Black. Tommy End. You, let's say, I'll go end now. I would honestly say Finn Balor, but. Only the demon because he keeps the demon king. So uh, yeah. imagine how much amped up it would be if it was actually. But then you would know he would win as soon as no, he enters. No, the team. first match is his Bala, the last match is demon. Okay, I, I totally agree with Stratton I love the fact that every one of us, except for Quacko, has packed a SmackDown superstar. Just because they're the wild card, he's everywhere. Just, I, he is on SmackDown, it's just the fact that they're doing more title changes on Raw. I just feel when you watch Raw, see the pressure of the superstars comes through the telly. Look at EC3. Oh, okay. oh, I feel so bad for that guy. He's he he so bad uh, anyway, um, that's going to sort of wrap things up for our history of the King of the Ring and how we see it going forward. Uh, next week we have the Half Year Review Show hosted by Ross, yes, defending we do. champion. Well, okay. I say defending, but hey, oh, 24-7 applies. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, that, is that real? It's is not that real. It's 24-7. I wonder why you went defending as if, as if you fought everyone in this room when you were champion. Can it's can a sweet stakes title. Can I ask, is, is the spare time holder going to be... Uh, you can cash on the host. And she's not on that show. Uh, no, you can. you can. You can. It's just, I was wondering if she was on it. She's not on that show. Yeah, uh, so. Those piss on the <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Thanks to our panel, Stephen. Thank you. Ross. Thank you. Alan. Cheers, mate. Strack. If this title is 24 7, he's getting done in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> title for sex tape. And, and our EP back as well. Thank you very much for listening in. I hope you subscribe next week. God save you. Uh, yeah, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet. Make sure you're subscribed uh, on iTunes, Spotify, all good Android podcasting sites. And don't forget to check out the website and all our great material that we've got on there. Uh, we'll see you next week. Good night. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.